Hello and welcome to the second episode of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing the prologue for A Game of Thrones. So make sure you have read the prologue and you are ready to dive in. But before we begin, let's go to Gabby for our review of the last episode. So last episode we really just talked about like the podcast and what to expect from it and how often we'll be releasing episodes. And also, you met all of your lovely hosts. Of course. We're cool Duh. people. Yeah. <laughs> now, what we'll be discussing today will be a little different. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing the prologue and where we find ourselves as three men in the Night Watch are traveling beyond the wall, um, doing arranging, and uh, they encounter something non-human, um, something that shakes them to their bones. And uh, Gabby... Why don't you tell us what wine we're drinking before we get into that today? All right. So Most important part. Yeah. Um, we have Dark Horse um, Big Red Blend. What kind of wine is it? Is it like... It doesn't... Honestly, it doesn't say. It just... Is it just a red? Yeah. And it just says mm. velvety, rich, and smooth. Ooh. So we're going to pour us some of that. I'm excited to try this. This will be really good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Ooh, that is good. That's really good. I like it. It's a good year. It's, <laughs> it's a good oh. year. It's a good year. All right. Year. So, yeah. All right. So, everyone got their wine? Oh, got our books? And the <laughs> wine, actually, we picked it for a very specific reason that you will hear. Today. Yep. Will you tell us what it is, like, when, when we come to that? Yes. Okay. 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 Okay, so we start off with three characters. Um, we meet them right away. There's Garrett, Sir Waymar Royce, and Will. Um, they have been riding for nine days tracking wildling raiders. So I kind of want to go through each character and kind of describe them each one by one before we go any farther. Uh, the first character, Garrod, his name was really weird to me. Like, I've never heard that name Garrod before. So I looked up what it meant. And it is um, from originating from the United Kingdom. And it means short, which was kind of funny because when I looked up his uh, character profile on the wiki, it describes him as old and scrawny. So he's his name literally means short. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Garrod is over 50 years old. He lost both of his ears, three toes, and the little finger on his left hand to the cold. So, like, frostbite. Um, and he is considered a very experienced ranger. Next, we have Will. Oh, and another thing about Garrod. He has been on the wall for... 40 years and he so basically he's been on the wall for most of his life most of his yeah. life yeah. he's he's like a lifelong um night's watch because it's he's 50 something so it would literally mean he would have had to like he probably joined when 10 he was or 12 in his yeah. teens i would yeah. guess yeah yeah like like early teens he That's joined it insane which is crazy um next we have will he has been on the wall for over four years. 
Um, he was sent beyond the wall with Garrett and Royce, and he's been on over 100 rangings. And I looked up what a ranger meant because it talks about rangings and rangers a lot in this um, chapter. What does uh, that mean, Olivia? I'm going to let you know, Chris. <laughs> a ranger is someone who goes on forays beyond the wall into the wildlands to suppress the people who live there. And a foray is a sudden or irregular invasion or attack for war or spoils. So the rangers on the wall are there to suppress the wildlings, which are north of the wall. And we're going to talk about the wall and what the Night's Watch is later on. Um, Will was a poacher before he joined the Night's Watch. So joining the Night's Watch was not really an option for him. I mean, it kind of was because it was a punishment. So he had the option to either join the Night's Watch or lose a hand. So he decided to join the Night's Watch instead of getting his hand cut off for poaching. And they also say in there how he was so sneaky and quiet because of him being a poacher. So he brings that yeah. skill set into being a night watchman and mm-hmm. being a ranger. He's so sneaky and quiet that he's almost impossible to hear in the woods. And he was one of the best ones at sneaking through the woods. Yeah. So those skills will come in to, to help later. Um, and then the third character that we meet is Sir Waymar Royce. Um, I also looked up what his name meant because Waymar Royce is not that common. Um, Wei is, so I broke up his first name into two chunks. So Wei is the first part. Um, it is of Mexican Spanish origin and it is used to refer to a person without using their name. And then Mar means to disfigure. So it's a person who disfigures. That's what his first name means. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Um, and then his last name Royce. Royce means son of the king. Which is also interesting because he is the youngest son of the house Royce. So, King Royce, but he's the son of the king. But they're not actually kings, but yes. Yeah. But what we would, what they had discussed as well is the fact that um, that's why he was on the Night's Watch. is because uh, when a family has too many heirs, they'll actually send the last one to the Night's Watch. And one of the things we talked about as well is kind of the hierarchy of how the Night's Watch works. Um, you know, and we'll talk about it a little bit more, but because he's come from royal descent and he really didn't do anything to get himself there, you know, yeah. he uh, he kind of gets a little bit of special treatment. Yep. Yeah, so this is actually his first ranging. So even though, like, Garrett has been with the Night's Watch for, like, four, 50 years, 40 years, he's not in charge. In fact... Way more Royce's, but this is his first ranging. And can you imagine, like, how many rangings Garrett's been on? And yeah. they even said Will was over there. Over 100, yeah. Yeah, Will has been on over 100, but for some reason, he's in charge. So, I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, so, I, I looked up what the Night's Watch was on the wiki just to give us a little bit more of a background on it. Um, It says, the Night's Watch is a military order which holds and guards the wall to keep the wildlings and the White Walkers from crossing into the Seven Kingdoms. The order is a shadow of its former strength, and its meager forces have been decimated by recent attacks from both wildlings and White Walkers. For the past couple of centuries, the order has been led from Castle Black. Um... And it also says here that the Night's Watch is organized into three different departments. The first being the Rangers, who we just met. So they go on the forays um, past the wall. 
Um, they fight and defend the wall and patrol the haunted forest where we are right now. Um, the builders are the second department of the Night's Watch. Um, they maintain the wall and the castles. And then there's the stewards who support and feed the members of the Night's Watch. And we'll get into those um, departments later on in the podcast. But I just wanted to give a little background on what the Night's Watch was. Um, so back to Waymar. He is described as 18 years old. He has gray eyes and he is slender. And then it says um, what he, like, it describes what he wears. And this is kind of a little bit extra than what most of the people on the wall he's are fancy. wearing. He's a fancy man. Yes, he's a fancy man, as we like to say. Um, it says that he is wearing leather boots, woolen pants, moleskin gloves, a sable cloak, and ring mail over layers of wool and boiled leather, all in black. He rides a black destrier, which is like a war horse, and wields a longsword, the hilt of which is decorated with jewels. So that's why I picked the wine um, dark horse, because um, Waymar has this war horse that, I mean, is essentially slowing them down. Doesn't and belong. Just in that doesn't belong yeah. in a ranging at all. Um, you know, it's meant to pull stuff and. Mm. It's meant it's warhorse for a reason, and he's just extra. So that's why I chose very extra dark horse for tonight. And the next point I was gonna say is he displays a sense of entitlement as well as arrogance toward experienced members of the Night's Watch, such as Will and Garrett. Something that could only come from being of a royal descent, yeah. a royal house, yeah. something like that. Exactly. So Will, Garrett, and. Waymar are talking about a couple, a group of wildings that have been found, wildlings that have been found dead. Um, Royce and Garrett are arguing about it. Um, Royce is asking for proof, but Garrett is basically saying, well, Will is telling me that he saw them dead, and that's enough proof for me. Like, whatever. We don't need to go into it. So the wildlings are, they are free folk. Um, it's a self-given name for the people who live in the lands beyond, beyond the wall, still on the continent of Westeros, but beyond the northern border of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, the name they employ makes reference to their society, which recognizes no inherent or hereditary, hereditary political authority except for leaders whom they choose to follow. So it's basically whoever they see fit to lead them or yeah it's not like a elected position they yeah. kind of just like oh whoever's strong yes and he's smart we're gonna let him kind of make more decisions than everyone it's, everyone else it's not a, a monarchy like you yeah, see in the exactly South. so and the people of the seven kingdoms refer to the free folk derogatorily as wildlings and then the free folk refer to those south of the wall as kneelers, which I kind of thought was funny because they're kneeling it's to a crown, obviously. Yeah. And the wildlings are like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, don't go by those laws. Yeah. yeah. So, Garrett, Will, and Waymar were sent by Lord Gior Mormont to track the wildlings um 
Gior, Gior Mormont was the 997th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. That's crazy. So that the That's, Night's Watch has been there for a yeah. long time. A thousand years. Yeah, crazy. almost a thousand years. Yeah. Um, before joining yeah, the Night's Watch, he was Night's Watch. He was actually the head of House Mormont and the Lord of Bear Island. So that's probably where the Mormont family is from. Yeah. Yeah. So during this ranging, um, Garrett and Will, I thought this was really funny because Garrett and Will are literally both feeling like something or someone is watching them and they can both tell that they're both feeling some type of way about it and they're both uncomfortable, but they're refusing to talk about it in fear of like... Looking weak yeah. and yeah. being embarrassed. They don't want to so like, admit something's wrong. They, <clears throat> it's like literally foreshadowing that something's about to happen. They're feeling it coming, but they're like in denial or something. I don't know. They're like they're like yeah, like they're, they're literally like, side-eyeing. Yeah. They're like <laughs> like oh, do you feel that? Oh, okay, but we know no, we're not gonna okay. no, exactly. So Will was the one that had seen the wildling encampment originally. Yeah, so he was the one that Royce was asking to, like, describe what he saw. And what he said he saw was eight men and women dead, but no kids. And none of them moved the whole time he was watching them. But he also didn't see any blood. So Waymar thinks they're sleeping, but Garrett thinks they froze to death. But Royce is arguing that because if the... The wall is solid ice, so if it's a cold day, the wall looks the same. I mean, nothing's happened to it. Mm-hmm. And if it's a warmer day, they, I mean, the words they use is like, the wall is weeping because like it's melting. dripping water and it's yeah. melting. And he says that, you know, they couldn't have froze to death because the wall was weeping. And it was and too it cold. wasn't cold enough for those people to have frozen to death. Yeah, so they, he's he like was- super... You know, he's super suspicious of the whole thing. So, um... He had said they just had a light frost recently. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even cold. So, you know, Royce was like, okay, Mm -hmm. Will, you're going to have to take us to see this camp because we're not necessarily sure we believe they were dead. Yeah, and another thing that was added to is I, I think he was talking about there was the woman that was there was in the tree. And he was nervous about her seeing him. So he did his stalk thing. And then he realized she was dead, too. He used his poaching skills. Yeah, to get up there. So um, they're traveling there on horses for a time, um, and this is where it gets into that dark horse thing, yep. where it actually turns out that the uh, the war horse is actually slowing them down. So what they end up doing is telling Waymar to lead the way, which I'm sure helps feeds his ego a little bit, but you know, they <laughs> tell him to, feed, to, to lead the way, so he kind of goes out in front. And then they realize that they have to, the best way to get to this encampment is to go up on a, on a ridge line to look down on the encampment. Um, so Will and Waymar get off their horses and, and they instruct Garrett to kind of make a camp um, where Garrett says that, uh, that he wants to make a fire. Um, and then a little bit of an argument ensues between um, Garrett, Will, and Waymar about whether or not to have a fire. Um, Garrett is convinced that they need a fire because it'll wear off bears and direwolves, uh, which we'll talk about later, what direwolves are. Um, but then uh, Waymar Royce kind of says his authority. He goes, well, there's there's other enemies out there that can see the fire and will be attracted to it. And 
Garrett's still not convinced, and then Waymar just like, no, we're not doing it. He said, no, no fire. So then Will and Waymar, they set off their, uh, set off up the ridge, um, and Waymar being bigger than, than Will, um, they kind of describe his going up the ridge as kind of cussing and panting and, and just kind of not enjoying being out in the, in the brush. Um, Will kind of sneaks up the ridge and... Well, and the cold. And the cold, yeah. Will sneaks up the ridge and he notices that all the bodies are gone. Um, so not a single dead body is there. Um, but one thing still remains that I thought was kind of interesting is they said that the axe that he had described that was by one of the bodies is still there. Um, which is weird. So that doesn't, I mean, why would you leave such a beautiful piece of craftsmanship? They said, yeah. Um, so Waymar then gets to the clock, gets up the, gets up the hill. Um, and notices, he says, all the bodies are gone. And he thinks, I think he thinks that he's kind of lying. Um, but he instructs Will to climb a tree to see if he can find any fires nearby, um, of any wildling encampments. Maybe they took the bodies and buried them or something like that. So while Will is uh, climbing up this tree, um, he hears Waymar Royce say, who goes there? Um, and it kind of sends a shiver up Will's spine because he knows that somebody must be approaching, whether it be wildlings or something else. That feeling. They He's had. got that feeling. <laughs> um, but he does describe the feeling that he gets as a sudden cold shiver up his spine. Um, and he sees a shadow moving uh, below him coming through the undergrowth. Um, and he describes this, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting, he describes this character um, that's coming through as tall, gaunt, hard, and pale, with milky skin. But he has an armor that changes with the color of his movement. So it's almost like a shadow moving through. Yeah, and when I was reading this, I thought of it as kind of like holographic. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was literally thinking like like mirrors, and when he like is walking, like it's like camouflage yeah the mirrors camouflage yeah. him because it's just reflecting like, like you or and like the background yeah. kind of yeah and and they they had said that his the the pale of his skin was almost the same as snow so it's it's super white mm-hmm. um and then he describes this long sword that this um thing this creature has um and it says no human metal was put into the making of this sword um, he sees it as, as a thin shard of crystal or with a blue shimmer to it, which is so finely made that from edge on, it's almost invisible to the naked eye. It's like in winter, like when you look up and there's a icicle like dang, like you sh- okay, right. you shouldn't be doing this, but I'm just trying to make an example, like look up at looking icicle. up at an icicle and if it's thin enough, you can't really see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And it's it's that thin, and it has a blue shimmer to it. And he said, without a doubt, you could tell that it was razor thin. Yeah. So you know, or sharp as a razor, excuse me. Like so you really know that sharp. It was very sharp. And then another thing that he notes um, is the blue eyes. He said the eyes <laughs> are like ice, icy blue, and the voice sounded like the cracking of ice. Which, if you've been around in the winter time, which up in Michigan we are, the cracking of ice. If you imagine someone talking with that that cracking sound. That would send a shiver up your spine, let alone. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I when I read this, I was thinking of if you guys have seen Lord of the Rings, like the ring wraiths, like their ring noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm imagining, like the sound of their voice sounding like. But 
That's just me. <laughs> so what? So the question is, what did he see? What are these creatures that are coming yes. out of the, the, the woods here? What did they see, Chris? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. What they're seeing oh, is what are called here. the White Walkers. <laughs> Um, the White Walkers, um, according to Wiki here, were an ancient race of formerly human ice creatures who came from the far north of Westeros. After remaining hidden from, of th- for thousands of years, they returned and were sighted by several sworn brothers of the Night's Watch, right here, and countless wildlings. However, most live south of the Wall believe that the, that believe them to be nothing more than a creature of legend. They're born of powerful and untested magic. They were created to protect the children of the forest from the first men, who had waged war on them ever since they had arrived from Essos. However, the White Walkers eventually broke free of the children's control and became the most feared and most feared creatures in Westeros, posing a threat to anything living. That's so, kind of creepy. Horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so more of them actually emerge on Waymar, and Waymar actually kind of. Uh, gets ready to fight them, so they say that he brings his cloak back and brings his arm in a fighting stance and pulls out his longsword. He's ready to go. Yeah, he's ready to <laughs> fight them. Um, and then when their first blades hit each other, um, there was no sound of metal on metal he, they were talking about in the book. Um, instead, it was more like a screaming noise of an animal dying. Um, so they end up with two or three of these actual little volleys of hitting each other, um, and then finally on the second one, Waymar ends up getting hit in the side um, and starts to bleed. And on the third one, um, his sword is frosted at this point from literally smacking his sword on this that ice icicle. blade. Yeah, yeah. This icicle blade. And then it shatters. And when it shatters, pieces of Waymar's blade actually hit him in the eye. Oh, God. So he actually has pieces of, a blade, of his blade in his eye. That sounds so painful. And they say with... In the book, that when Waymar's sword shattered, that the rest of the individuals, the rest of the White Walkers that he's seeing, as if they got a command, descended on Waymar Royce. And they started stabbing at him and in almost a mocking tone of whatever language that they were he speaking. They said they were laughing. Yeah, they were laughing. And in I some kind of a mocking like... tone, they <laughs> killed him. That's like sickening. Yeah. Um, so then. It kind of cuts out there, and you, Will's just kind of hiding in the tree, um, scared to death. And finally, I guess the White Walkers have left. So Will decides to descend down from the tree. Um, and uh, once he gets down, he kind of checks on Waymar's body and takes a look at it and sees that his his actual cloak has been struck like over a dozen times, he says. Says um, it was like... His clothes were tattered. Yeah. Yeah, tattered. His face so. was a ruin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know his face is a ruin because the sword exploded. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, so he notices this, and the first thought that goes to his head is, where is Garrett? You know, is Garrett okay? And as he's looking back to think, like, about Garrett, all of a sudden, Waymar Royce rises next to him. He stands up. Oh, I thought he was dead, but apparently not. Um, well, he was, thought... <laughs> he was pretty dead. He was Surprise! dead, but now he's standing up. He has re-arisen. And because he was dead before, I think Will sees this as a very unholy thing. So the first thing he does is he drops to his knees and prays. Well, yeah, because he saw his his ranger, his yeah. like range commander, yeah. 
stabbed dozens of times by these things. Yeah. Obviously dead. Like, there's no way he could have been alive after that. And right. then he sees him stand up. So he's probably in shock. He's in shock. And it says that the first thing that he sees is he sees one eye that has a shard of metal in it. And the other eye is From the sword. blue. Like the White Walker's eye. So blue. other people was blue. Yeah. That's creepy just mm-hmm. in itself. Yeah. As he was beginning to pray, he feels the hands of Waymar Royce tighten around his neck. And he talks about how he feels the moleskin, the blood. But the biggest thing that stands out to him is the icy, cool grasp of his hand. Mm-hmm. So. And that's... That's the end of the prologue there. Yeah. That's how they end it, with an icy, cool grip, which is a great way to end it, I think. So we basically don't know what happens to Garrett. What happened to Garrett? We don't know. We don't know. Well, but... But... We have some discussion questions. Yep. So the first question I have for you guys. If you're a criminal like Will, so he's a poacher, and you were given the option to have your hand cut off or to join the Night's Watch, which would you choose? Can I go first? Yeah. go first. Okay. I think I would choose to join the Night's Watch. I'm not about getting any of my ligaments cut off. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> I don't even have to be a ranger. I would be fine being like in there cleaning, cooking, doing whatever the heck you want me to do, but I don't want my hand cut off. So, I'm choosing to join the Night's Watch. Sure enough. I would agree with that too cuz I see it as kind of joining the military. Mhm. In a way, they said it was a military order. Order. Mhm. So, they follow that same thing, but basically you're there for the rest of your life. So it's either that or yeah. lose a hand. I don't um, want to lose my hand. No. No ligaments. So, and I went back and forth. We talked about this earlier. And, you know, you got to think about the Night's Watch. I mean, the men that join that, they swear off women. Um, they swear off a lot of things. Yeah. They, I mean, they swear off women and a whole lot of other things. And I kind of, I mean, for a minute I was like, mm. Do I really need my hand or, (laughs) but I think essentially like once I came down to my decision, it came to Night's Watch. So there's there's honor involved in it too. Yeah. I mean, there's still, even though you're like a criminal and this was like literally your only choice or lose a hand, like you're still, regardless of that, you're still looked at with honor. I was going to say like. A lot of criminals, I feel like, join the Night's Watch because they, they're given the options of, like, getting something cut off or joining the Night's Watch. So they a lot of them, like, choose the Night's Watch. Or going to prison or dying. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of honor has been reinstilled in them by joining the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another, like, driving factor in it because they have been, like... Oh, you're a criminal, like, for the longest time. And then once they join the Night's Watch, there's kind of more honor instilled in them yeah Yeah. in my opinion that's good so the next discussion question that i have um is what do we think actually happened to garrett i think he's dead he was just chilling there honestly well and that's what i'm saying they and then they had that whole argument about the fire so honestly garrett was probably out there losing another finger or, or he has nose. Yeah. I think maybe Garrett took off. He probably, he probably ran away. That's what I'm thinking. He ain't I think messing. He, he heard what was happening. He ain't or messing saw, around. And he left. He ain't messing around. So I think he left. He heard the scream, the 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 shattering of ice. Yeah. The sword <laughs> and he said no. Blowing up in, in, in his face. Yeah. Yeah. He said I'm out. 
So, I think that's all we really have for this. I mean, that's how it ends. So, Olivia? All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our second episode. In the next episode, which is already released, we will be discussing Brand Chapter 1. So, make sure you read it before listening to the next episode. Um, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. And then also on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1. Um, make sure to send us your discussion questions for the next upcoming episodes. And yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in.